Wow, 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 what a distance. Prospera just winds up. She is now the fastest moving woman on this course. A sensational sprint finish. She looks for the line. It is just there, Sunita. You are going to get your first medal at a world champion. It will be gold. You have done it, Prospera. German crew, coached by Uwe Bender. Wow, wow, wow. Look at them out in front. The British are edging ever closer, but I think the water will run out. Wiesenfeld, Bimberger, Planner, Johannesen, Schneider, Jacek, Schmidt, Ocek, the Cox, Sauer. They are going to be world champions once more, Sarah. Oh my gosh, here come the US. They are overlapping. These three bow balls, I can't call the silver and the bronze. I just don't know. These three bow balls, Great Britain, Australia, United States locked together. No doubt about the world champions. Germany cross the line, but who will get the minor medals? Oh my goodness. The British and I think the Australians, America rode out of it, Italy. States of America in the lead, Canada in second, Australia in third. There are the Americans right out there just moving away from the field. The Canadians, you can see them in shot. Australia will win a bronze medal barring accidents. Maybe they'll win a silver medal. They are sprinting back on the Canadians. What an attack from Emma Fessy. Who is going to win the silver medal? Australia coming back into it. The USA come up to the line. World champions for them. The world title is say Canada will get the silver medal. The Australian sprint wasn't enough. Are the Australians going to blow? Can the Italians come through? What a finish from the Italians. They are coming back on the Australians. Every single stroke. Australia in the lead. The Italians, they could do it. This could be another magical finish for Lotto. He did it in the men's pairs. Garcia, will he do it in the men's fours? Australia lead. Italy, the light's going to come for Australia just in time. Oh, my God, Italy take a silver medal. Britain, bronze ahead of the Dutch. That was oh so close. Sarah Cook holds ahead in the hands. Romania finished fifth. The Germans finished sixth. Welcome to The Rose Show. We are your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jay Green. This is a podcast we're going to be going into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a bit about rowing. And South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion Winning. is to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. It's a role in South Africa. Passion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate goal. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> cool. Well, hello and welcome to another season, basically season three of The Rose Show. Uh, you got uh, myself, Lawrence Britton. And you have Jake here. Really good to be back. Um, we've had some absence. We've been absent from the podcast for a bit, but uh, we're back with a new season and uh, we're really excited. We've got quite a few ideas um, and a, a few a few couple of interviews lined up, which we're really excited to bring to you guys. Yeah, so um, it's going to be pretty exciting coming up. Uh, sorry we, we've left you guys hanging. I'm sure you your car trips and wherever else you listen to the podcast has been pretty lonely without us. We just uh, coming there those last few weeks, the build up into World Champs was, was really hectic yeah. for us. So we didn't manage to, to put any good content out. Um, but don't worry, we are back mm-hmm. and we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, and then notably today we're going to be chatting about the... Um, the season as a whole with a big focus on the world champs because that was an epic uh, regatta just chat about the talking points there who did well who didn't do well um, some crucial watch out for next year and I think at the end of the well at the end of the episode we'll be doing our second edition of the Rosho Awards yeah the coveted, coveted Rosho Awards prestigious 
So uh, those who did them uh, at the beginning of uh, of this year for la- for last year's uh, season, and we've adapted them a little bit more and added some some cool stuff in. So we'll go through the Rose Show Awards. Yeah. And then finally, to end off, just a bit about us, a bit about uh, Jake and myself, and just how our season went and what we're looking forward to for the next season. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, and I mean, just to just to start off with, I think uh, we can chat about how. Um, how epic the season's been and um, we'll be talking about a lot of things so if we leave anything off we really want you guys to get hold of us and tell us uh, what we said that pissed you off or what we, who we left off on the list we love engaging with people that are listening to us um, and really excited to hear what you all think um, oh, no, yeah. on, on that yes we've had uh, some, some cool messages from from some of the listeners over over our absent time so yeah just a shout out to Jay Labaskakni uh, you sent us uh, epic uh, email it, uh, that's basically why we haven't been able to put out another show because we've still been reading uh, <laughs> yeah. reading your notes they really were in depth and, and giving us a lot of cool uh, pointers and, and yeah, ideas cool for ideas. the show so yeah, yeah thanks for, for listening and, and thanks for, for the notes yeah and then start off quite an epic season eh Lawrence uh, another year close to the Olympics it's starting to get a bit hot get a bit warm that uh, nerves are definitely starting to building build in again and uh i think there's an overall theme that i found that this the the events still haven't been solidified there's still uh, a lot of crews jostling for gold silver and bronze we see a lot of changing of places on the podium and whatnot so it's really exciting to see going yeah. forward yeah no i think that it was it was a crazy season and i mean the olympic qualifications next year so i think this next season coming up is is going to be that little bit more anti on mm. uh, on all the racing but as you said the 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 positions are not there's like there's a few events where there's uh, solid uh, people just consistently winning but most of the events the medalists are changing constantly mm. and it's it's really exciting and it's it's really cool to see our sport with so much uh, you know rowing is pretty pretty predictable usually so it's quite exciting yeah. to see this uh, this sort of competition coming in yeah and i think like Lawrence put it on there it actually makes it quite exciting um you know, uh, no disrespect to people that can go out there and dominate their fields, but just for this, the spectators and the people that are invested in the sport, it's always nice to see um, crews changing and, and people putting their hands up and other people, um, you know, getting good performances down. So it's, it keeps the sport very fresh, exciting, and, I mean, nice and dynamic, and that's what we need. Yeah, as competitors, obviously, you want to win yeah, every single race by a, big a couple. Margin. I would want to row down steady and win by miles, yeah. which will be the that'll be the dream. But as a spectator, you really want that excitement. You want those close finishes. You want the big upsets, and you want the challenges arising. And I think we we definitely getting that this season. There's some no, really sure. really cool stuff. Yeah, and I even think the crews that are dominating. I mean, we we'll chat about it specifically uh, a little bit going forward. But I think the crews that are dominating are still. They're not doing it um, too easily. I think there's always a couple of races where really strong crews are getting put to the test and winning by very little margins. And it just goes to show that it's it's. I feel like it's the you know the the breakthroughs is not mm. that far away from other crews getting uh, onto the top of their game. Yeah, I also think you want that balance. Like uh, I mean, watching the Kiwi pair was always cool. They mm. they. I mean, even though I raced them so many times, I'd love to have seen them get knocked off the top spot but it was always awesome to watch yeah, them you, watch, you know when you're watching them that you're watching people at the top of the game yeah. um, but I think just having some crews winning consistently and be able to look and like this is where the standard is and then other crews 
other races where it's just a free for all. I mean, basically, I mean, women's, uh, we spoke about the women's lighty double a lot. And yeah. I'm sure we're going to get into it. No, for sure. But just multiple, multiple medalists through the year. So it's, it's, it's definitely exciting stuff. Okay. So our first uh, main topic of uh, conversation is the top performers of the, of the season. So that's just people that really put themselves out there through the World Cups, through some of the other regattas uh, around, and then finally World Champs. So you want to you wanna add anything well, to that, Jakey? I think, I mean, like straight off the list here, I think uh, maybe uh, a breakthrough season here, but I think Sunita Pospier has had a, a phenomenal season. I think she's been, um, she's always been pushing and she's been in the sport for a long time and coming off at a world champion of such a dominant performance uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the season was really cool to watch. And I think she's definitely there with one of the top performers. And I think she was Lucerne. I didn't really, I can't, I didn't really watch her World Cup races, but in Lucerne she was really, uh, really cooking there. So it's a good, a good performance from her. Yeah, I think the both men's and women's uh, heavyweight single were really exciting events this season. I mean, both mm. of them, uh, Sinita and uh, Chetel Borsch from Norway, uh, just constant progression through the season. You can see when the athletes are, are really hungry and the crews are starting to click and they're starting to to get things right, and then they they're coming through. So good results earlier on in the season, but tough races, and then finally being able to to string the best performance on the day, a final at World Champs and come away with gold. It's really really cool to see and yeah. big races, yeah. Yeah, and then as you mentioned there, Chetel Bosch, and he, I mean, he had an injury at the beginning of the season. Um, he came, I think, fifth in the Lucerne uh, final, and uh, came come away with a huge win at World Champs. I think uh, he was just really at the top of his game, and I think he's you mentioned it earlier with the Kiwi pair. It's just you know it's it's good to see people at the top of their game and, and like appreciate the effort and just the the um, profesh, the professionalism that they bring. And I think Chetel Borsch, you could see throughout his race, he was at a, a really rowing really well and in really good shape. And I think it was uh, it was actually a pleasure to watch. Yeah, he's definitely someone we we need to get on this show. I mean, that yeah. guy is a machine. He's I want to know. Machine. I want to know a bit more about how that guy is because wow. I mean, just looking at him, he's the leanest heavyweights heavyweight by, by far. far. I mean, heavyweights are, are big guys usually and they're always a little bit chunky as well, whereas that oak is, there's no fat on that guy's body. So yeah. it's, uh, that oak is a, is a machine and I think it's, it's. I want to know a bit more about how he what looks like a bit it? of a, a freak, I think. Just, yeah. you know, constant racing, performance, performance, performance. Yeah. And I mean, we got a bit of that vibe when we chatted to Olaf in the beginning of the season about mm. how Jetta was, he's like a bit of a robot. So I would love to know what goes on in that side of that guy's head. Yeah, and then moving on, we um, we saw the another top performers of the season for us were the Sinkovich brothers. I think another bumpy season, and but I feel like they they had a really good performance in the pair at World Champs, and I think it was their most dominating performance so far. Yeah, a really, really cool uh, season from the, the Sinkovich brothers, uh, Valentin and Martin. Uh, just really bumpy in the beginning, you know, not putting out the races as, as they, they wanted to. I mean, these guys dominated the double last Olympic cycle mm. and they just didn't lose anything. Uh, first double ever to go under six minutes and then moving into the pairs being very rocky for them. It's a very different boat class. The style of rowing the pair is very different to the double and I think it's taken them a long time to, to get that that feeling right and through the season we started seeing them improve and then uh, Lucerne the back issues and having to put substitutions in the boat and making the B final but I think it also just shows that they they're good guys you know mm. not just uh, throwing in the towel and, and no. calling quits still pitching up onto the race day I saw the the Instagram post about how 
it was very cool to race with a different guy and like how they, they're, they're just like they're just always positive nice. posts and like just really really cool guys so to see them finally execute really good races at world champs and come away with the the gold is is very very cool yeah i think they're actually really good role models for sport i think they've got quite a big presence in the, presence in the sport and i think they always you know there's they always have a certain level of professionalism and and good sportsmanship that they they have when they they race and yet i don't think i've ever seen those guys um upset or sad or uh, you know um angry about anything always really the first people to say well done on a good race and first people to congratulate other people on, on how they've done. So I think it's actually really cool seeing them at the top of their game because you do get a sense that they've worked really hard and I think um, they deserve it in, in many respects to get that gold medal. Yeah, and yes, they're just big injured as well. I mean, they really can put out some, mm, some big no, power. And no we, we try to hang with them. We hang hung with them for 1,000 yeah, meters in the, in the quarterfinal and really good race from us, but they, they just really put the, the yeah, damage down, down in the third 500. Yeah, no, so they were quick. Yeah, really exciting to see how that goes. But talking about the pairs, cannot talk about the Sinkoviches without talking about the women's pair. Yeah, that is a big, big, big rivalry. That was massive. I mean, I remember watching first uh, regatta of the season, World Cup 1, um, Martin Cross talking about how the Kiwi pair were the crew of the year and that uh, they were rowing the best out of anyone in any of the crews at the regatta and just praising them and I agreed with them I thought that they were yeah. really exceptional I mean they won the race by 20 seconds but then later on we see the Canadian women's pair coming in and big dices and the Kiwis holding them off world champs comes around Canadians put out the big yeah. performance and snatch a gold I think we even spoke about it in our, our post uh, regatta, our regatta's madness episode on the World Cup 1 on how dominant the Kiwis were but the Canadians, uh, Canadian women's pair was also phenomenal. But, I mean, both of those crews are actually way ahead of the field at the moment. In the yeah, I mean, pair. basically things, it's 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah, it's there. so they're very much setting the standard. And I think the rest of the world has got quite a, a distance to catch up. But, again, for us, those both those crews have been really good performers throughout the season. I think maybe the Canadian women's pair, just on the... the, the um, Based on the fact that they came off on top of the end of this uh, season, probably a better better performance from them. But I think both of them epic, and that's going to be a huge rivalry to watch now going forward. Because I have no doubt in my mind that the Kiwi the Kiwi pair um, are going to come back with. A lot yeah, and of I don't think any of those crews will, will move into a different boat class. They're both no comfortably at the top of the, the, the that boat class, so they would want to take on take it on and, and see if they can win. Yeah. But just talking about uh, the upsets and stuff of of. World, uh, world champs in uh, Plovdiv let's talk a bit about the course because that course was pretty wild I mean there, mm. we saw the lane changes on the fairness committee we felt it rowing there that this the speed can change all the time it's like it's a it's a really weird course to row on it's really fast at some points it's really slow at other points yeah. so what do you think about the no the, I the thought course? The, it's tricky because I thought the course was uh, quite unfair for certain events I know the one day we got our quarterfinal got postponed one day because it was the it was blowing quite a hectic crosswind and if you were rowing in lanes one and two you were basically you were there was no chance you didn't have a chance in hell and if you were in lane six or five then you basically got a guaranteed progression. So I thought you know it's it's always shit seeing this um, cruise get dealt that card. I don't know maybe I don't know I feel like there there must be some sort of way uh, that you can get around this and maybe. I don't know. Set in a system where you. But can even I don't know though. Like I just found like it was it was very weird. Like usually when a course is like when the crosswind is blowing or, or when there's big tailwind or big winds, then like the 
the prediction of the the unfair lanes gets quite easy. It's like, okay, well, clearly these lanes are slow mm. and these lanes are fast. Whereas I thought, like, through the week, you couldn't really tell all the time. You're like, no, yeah, okay, these, these lanes are doing badly. And then suddenly, the next few races, you're like, okay, well, those lanes are suddenly not doing well. And I heard such an interesting thing. I can't remember who said it. I think maybe it was uh, my brother who'd raced in there for under-23s last year. He was saying maybe the bottom of the lake is not so flat because it's quite a shallow course. So if the bottom of the lake is not quite flat, then you're going to get these like swells and yeah. these different things when the wind is pumping. And I think that definitely would give me uh, a bit of an explanation because I mean I just remember rowing, even rowing steady around the course. You're rowing down the course and you're seeing changes. like 155 and then down to like 145 and then back to like 205. So it's yeah. like very weird up and down speed, and you can like actually feel it on the boat and on the water. So yeah. I don't know. Very interesting. I'll be. I, I be, think maybe it's it's more of the. I think it's more we should be rowing in courses that are as fair as you can get. I don't know if we if something needs to happen at Plot to change the infrastructure so the course can be right, or maybe you introduce a system where the athletes get to choose their lanes. Mm, they did before. try that at the at the one World Cup where the athletes chose it. I always think that that's a pretty a pretty good one. Yeah, and because it, it always eliminates. I mean, it doesn't eliminate completely, but because the athlete is choosing their lane, they obviously now take on some of that responsibility of their own fairness, which mm. makes the which makes the the thing maybe a touch better rather than um, having you get uh, dealt the the raw end of the, the deal because of officials. You yes. rather choose your own destiny. Look, obviously, it sucks a bit as a, as an athlete, but I also think that like rowing shouldn't shy away from from tricky courses because. You know, it's very easy to choose all the nice courses for world champs, but then you come to the Olympics. Olympics is not chosen for the rowing yes, venue. Exactly, yeah. Olympics is chosen by the city, and the rowing sort of fits in. And, and you even saw in Rio, Rio how wild that was. So crazy. I think it's it's <laughs> people need to be <laughs> your ready heats, for your, your eats as well. Eh? Yeah, people need to be ready for racing. I mean, yeah. yeah, Rio was on another level. So I think we mustn't shy away from tricky no. courses, but it does need to be. A lot of emphasis on just keeping it uh, civil between the people. You don't want mm. you want the best people to win at the end of the day. So yeah. Maybe it's just it's just an area where I think you can innovate to a certain extent. But Plovdiv was a pretty cool course. No, though. I think I really it, the cool thing it. about Plovdiv is a really fast course. I think it, it was much quicker at the beginning of the season. Of, uh, I mean, at the beginning of the week of World Champs because of the lightweight men's single went. I think it was Jason Osborne. He broke that record. I think that towards the end of the week, the, the times overall got, were a bit slower. But still, I mean, it's a quick course and you want to see quick races. Like, yeah. it might be unfair, but the thing is, it might like it might be unfair, but the course itself is really fast. Yes. Most of races were really, really close to world record. And it's a pity we didn't see a couple more go. And I think it, in the, if the conditions were anything like at the beginning of the week... Yeah, because during won. a finals, it wasn't like the best no. water ever. And no, I mean, it wasn't. even there, the, the speeds were really quick. I mean, yeah. uh, men's eight, three seconds off the world record. So it's uh, in, in pretty tricky conditions. I think if there that had been any decent speed, there would have been uh, some big records for yeah. him. Um, but let's move on onto carrying on with the the top performers from the season. Uh, one of the mentions I wanted to make was uh, the USA women's team. Really, yeah, really quality. I mean, they won. They had uh, I think it was ten or eleven year winning streak uh, in that eight um, up to twenty sixteen. And then we saw them have a really tough season last year where they finished fifth at World Champs in the eight. And we chatted to Emily Regan from the from the team earlier in the season, and we really got a good taste of how it uh, it works in the USA Women's team. And then really cool to see them 
coming back full force, winning the eight, winning the four. Yeah, I think they're definitely uh, the authority of women's sweep rowing at the moment, and it's it's good to see because it's a resurgence of their of the of the skill there. But I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me too much because once you have so many wins under your belt, you have the team culture, you have the team knowledge and the skill to be able to produce fast boats. And um, I think post Rio Olympics, maybe a lot of notable names probably left the system and they needed to you know, develop a few more athletes. But uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that they're back on top of the game. And I think both the women's eight and the women's four had phenomenal races in Plovdiv. Yeah, and that women's four, I mean, we've said it the whole season. It's such a cool event. It's yes. getting better and better. Yeah. Look, I'm upset to see. I didn't think that they needed to take out the Lady four to put it in. But it's it's really, really cool event. I'm so yeah. glad that it's in and that it's picking up. Um, picking up yeah, speed and hopefully intensity. we'll see even more crews into this year because I think there will be uh, there will definitely be more now that this is the Olympic qualification year we'll see we'll see who comes out the woodwork but yeah I think it was really good from the, the women's team and then now that we're chatting about eights another top performance and they were always going to be on this list was the German eight again world champions another year going and this time most dominating performance I think it's tricky when it comes to the men's eight because if you maybe watch the race and you don't really know how uh, men's eight racing works, you would probably say that it's it's not as uh, not not as dominant. But if you can see that they were a boat length up at the one k, doing that in an eight is takes some serious skill and um, some serious watts. And also there was there was so much hype before the race. You know, like there've been close 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 races from all other all the other other teams through the season, like Romania having cracker races. Australia having cracker races, USA very quiet this season, but big races from last year. Mm. Uh, Mike Teddy back coaching them, so really, really big pressure coming in, and people thought there's no way the British are going to win. This is going to win, and then straight out the blocks into that rhythm, we're getting 300 meters into the race, and it is as clear as day that yeah. the Germans are on another level. So really epic. I think I really especially off the so because this is the second time running that they've gone from a really tight race in the CERN to World Champs. And it's actually interesting, we should maybe go chat again to Max or and see what they think about that. Maybe they they, they yeah, training load did, might be a bit But when we did chat to, to Max, because they'd done uh, Henley and Lucerne last year when they oh, had that really close yeah, the, race, the and he had said that it was, that their training had been hectic, their racing yeah. had been hectic, and then, so obviously they're under the whip there, they're not coming off yeah, the, the gas for that regatta, and then they, they, they're peaking yeah. really well. I mean, even the other eights uh, were, were pretty cool. Like you said, the USA eight, I think they, it's a pity we don't see them more throughout the season and, and they only they only really come come through it for world champs. But yes, they had a, they were unlucky to miss out on medals, but it was one hell of a race. If you, if you haven't seen that race, go check it out because it was a photo finish between GB and USA. Yeah, no, it was ballistic. Really, the eight race, I mean, eight race is always good to watch, but yeah. this year... The eight, there was just a lot of hype, a lot of buzz mm. around the event, and then the event delivered on the day. It was really, really quality racing. But yeah, it's one of those, I mean, I, I said earlier that uh, it's one of those events where crews aren't too far behind. Maybe they were far behind at World Champs, but at Lucerne, the Aussie crew is right there again. So we'll see going forward. I think uh, the it's definitely, um, the field is definitely open for to challenge the German eight, but... For also, top performers, the German eight yeah. are without a doubt right up there. Also, another another big uh, like aspect to talk about through the season is like how some uh, countries having have big teams and strong teams early on in the season, yes. and then are fizzling out towards the end of the season. Whereas like uh, some of the big teams are managing to like 
they're just scraping through basically in the, the World Cups and then coming with massive performances at yeah. World Champs. And I think that there's there's a lot still to be learned on how to peak at the right time with your team for the, the big races at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, winning at Lucerne is cool, but it doesn't it's mean champs, enough. You know, it's, and, it's World Champs. Yeah, and, and the bigger picture is actually also the Olympics that is a big one. But I think rowing as a sport... I think that's the biggest challenge for rowing as a sport because you have so little opportunities of performance compared to other sports where people play every single weekend. Let's say rugby or soccer, you know, cruise, uh, teams are playing every single weekend. In rowing, you have weeks between uh, competitions. So the importance of getting things right at the right time is is a, a skill in itself. And I think that's that's one thing that a lot of crews need to get right. Yeah, and then some some other notable mentions were the the lightweight uh, lightweight doubles, uh, guys and girls. I mean, the girls race. There's no one in particular that stands out for me. It's just the whole field is so close, so tight, mm-hmm. right up there on the prognostic sheet. The whole regatta and just really really cool racing from them the whole time. And on the men's side, the Donovan, Donovan brothers, brothers back really in cool back in business. Yeah, yeah after I think. Um uh, was it? I think it was Gary that got uh, injured in 2017, and uh, he, Paul raced by himself, becoming lightweight world champion. And it's good to see them back in the double. Um, I think they started off a bit shaky with uh, they were swapping boats, and I yeah, think, they, I think they, the they were trying things. to work out which is the the quickest boat, yeah. which is quite a weird thing to be doing in an event that is dominated by the Felipe lightweight double. Yeah, so it was cool to see them. They tried out the Hudson, the Felipe, the Empach, and and the the results were up and down. Yeah. But then settled into the Empire. Obviously, that's the one they're the most comfortable in. And yeah. man, oh man, did they race well. And yeah, they did have a good race. I mean, they now at the top of their game in the lightweight men's double. I think they were really hot contenders for the Olympics. I'll be interested. I'll be actually interested to see if, if another crew can overtake them because that their, their final in, in World Champs was really mature. I think they went out very consistent speed. They batted down most of the way in the first K, and then they really came through so, with a strong so third time if you, So if you wanted to beat them, how much do you think, a, or how much do you think a crew would have to lead them at the thousand? I think you would <laughs> to have stay to stay ahead of them by the end of the race. You would have to be five seconds up on them at the thousand. Jeez, at least they they are. I mean, they're rowing that third five hundred. Basically, is the fastest their fastest five hundred yeah. of the whole race. Yeah. And I mean, we know just to hold speed in that third 500 it's is tricky. Hard. So That's to step the, and have yeah. a quicker one is really, really hectic. And I think it takes a lot of uh, maturity and guts to be able to do that because by the time you get there, like you said, you're in the manhood box. And keeping that speed going is, is in itself really, really cool. Um, and then finishing off, maybe we just, uh, we just looked at which countries really do well. And again, Italy uh, were top of the medal table. I think if you just focus on Olympic events, Italy were uh, by far the best team at the regatta. Again, last year they still had a really uh, a good performance at World Champs. Been, and a lot of crews uh, for Italy were doing well. Men's four, the men's quad, um, the lightweights, women's double, lots of lots of crews right up there doing performing really well. Yeah, and I mean, just Italy, We as we said, the, the timing of, of coming onto line and performing at the, the big regatta, Italy definitely, Definitely doing that the best. Uh, I mean, not nothing major early on in the season. A few good results here and there. But coming at World Champs, you know, coming away with eight medals, three golds, four silvers, mm. and a bronze. So really, really impressive from them. You know, um, looking at the medal table now, the USA second. 
uh, 10 medals actually so they just uh, lost out a little bit on there they've got four bronze medals so if they just converted some of that up they would uh, yeah they would have taken so really really close there Germany coming in third and then your oh, GB down in 12th place oh that's uh, a good name only four medals yeah so really really not a great regatta from them I'm really uh, I'm really interested to see how what Jürgen does and how he changes that uh, that team up a bit because yeah. Uh, you know, Jürgen's the the king of winning gold, and no, without a doubt, I'm sure he's I going mean, to be looking for something to 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 pull together there. Yeah, I and mean, just talking, well, I mean that that takes us across to uh, tough performances and a bit disappointing performances at World Champs from cruising countries. I think you mentioned. I think GB definitely didn't have a good one there. I think they definitely expect better, and I think even in in the same light as saying that they had a tough uh, performance at World Champs. I think they still uh, they probably got a, a shit ton of reckoning going on, and I think they're definitely a big country to watch going forward because they have Jurgen Jurgen Krobler, plus they have the there's the no way there's no way backing. that they are going to be no. this they're not this is not what this is not the GB team we're going to no. see at uh, at the Tokyo Games. I mean, They've these got... guys are they seasoned veterans, and I mean even when we spoke to Pete Reed and how he spoke about how Jurgen doesn't like to put his big uh, guns straight out there early in the yeah. season and let other people catch up or early in the cycle so I'm sure he's putting on the eights he's trying to to build some of the younger guys up obviously they're struggling with uh, with the depth but I've no doubt that when you you put those guys back in the four or you take the top pair out of that that eight mm. uh, there's there's, there's and even in saying there. that their four had actually had a really good regatta and mm. came away with a bronze medal yeah. which you could see they were so chuffed with that regatta I mean so chuffed with that result but yeah, I think uh, they've got the... I mean, I was speaking earlier with the Americans and Germans about the, the rowing culture, how important having a strong culture and a wealth of knowledge is. They've got that. They've got uh, the best coach and arguably, arguably the best coach in the world. Plus, they have probably the best funding model out of all of all nations. So they've got... They really got what it takes to take it to the next level. Yeah, and you have big athletes as well. You've got uh, Mosby, you've Will got Satch, Will Tarrant. These guys are big, are big guns. guns so I'm, I've no doubt that... Uh, that when it comes to to the real pressure yeah. Olympic qualification in the Olympics that that the team is, yeah. is will, will up its game but also exciting to see you know the big dogs getting under the whip yeah. under pressure I'm sure the, that it's getting quite hectic there so we'll just see have and to wait then, and see other um, other disappointments or, or tough performances this season were in New Zealand they New didn't Zealand have a great a regatta really at all did not have a good regatta I think it was um, it was tough. It was tough to see them uh, not do so well. I think uh, you know the Kiwi, the Kiwi pair obviously women's pair did really well, but I mean they they eight came second last um, in their event, and I think Robbie Manson also had a tough result at, at World Champs. Yeah, I mean just looking at the medal table, they finished 18th, not a single gold medal. Yeah. So really, really tough for them. Yeah. So um, I think they again is another one of those countries that have a, a really good rowing culture, and I think. You can never write them off, but I think this uh, was not so great for them. I think they definitely want but to come back with better I think, results. like, on that, though, there were some funny elements through the season that we saw, like the eight. Like, you know, the, the Kiwis were so strong in the small boats. They're like mm. cultures in the small boats. And then they're not in the eight anymore. And then they then they started going in the eight when they had the, the Kiwi pair. You know, they had big, big, uh, yeah. smaller boats. So they started doing the eight. Now they've lost the smaller boats, but they're still trying the eight. So I'm interested. I want to see them take all those guys from the eight back into the small boats mm. and, and see if they can bring some big yeah. stuff up. Because they do have, I mean, just looking at World Champs, they've got a massive team. They've got a lot of people there. And I think 
they they've got the what it, I think they've got they must have the most disgusting competitive environment in New Zealand and I think if they if they just threw everyone into a giant basket it would be crazy to see what happens coming but, out of there. But on the competitive environment, like we our environment is pretty competitive at home, but we don't take it overseas with us and like to see Manson and Mahi racing against each other, like yes it's cool for us to watch it, but I wonder what that's doing behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you know, back at home yeah. having this big competition on the world stage. Yeah, that's, between that's your athletes. I think that's also a tricky that's also a tricky scenario because Mahi took some time off. Robbie Manson decided to, in that time taking off, he decided to try his hand in skull. Turns out he's set a world's best time. He's definitely up there. So, but I do not think that is done yet. I think that is still gonna. There's still lots gonna happen. I think Mahi Drysdale is gonna try and make this call again. Yeah, and he's I think definitely he's still a, a, a crew to watch. Yeah, he's he's got big skill. He can put it out on the big day. And I mean, we've seen this guy. Like, perform again yeah. and again and again so we can't ride him he's getting old yes but he's we can't ride him off yeah. yet and the only other disappointment that I wanted to chat about is just the Dutch team how they had that insane yeah. Serbia World Cup I mean they're coming both away both their fours One, well two. just so many medals I think they had 12 uh, golds at that regatta yeah. and I mean that yeah uh, first and second in men and women's four they had all the athletes and then as the season went on they Results just seem to get worse and worse. Yeah, no, that that wasn't good from them. And I think at the, the Serbian World Cup, they had four heavyweight men's fours there, and uh, they they the top two fours got gold and silver. And on the women's side, they also had gold and silver in the fours, and they won gold medal in the eight. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I think uh, for them in a in the Olympic classes, their light lighty doubles only crew that came away with a medal. So I mean that's 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 something that I think the that we all have to watch coming forward. Um, yeah, and then another another uh, tough performance is the Polish men's double. They won Lucerne and they came. I think they were fifth in the B final. So that's a that's a tough one for them. Um, also the Lithuanian heavy squad also not doing well. The heavyweight men's squad, which I think are defending champions, they also came, I think, last. Although um, Grisconis in the yeah. single had a crack. I mean, he was in a tough lane. It was not a lane that was performing no, at that time. And he medal. managed to, to, to yeah. bring that big sprint at the end and come through yeah. for the bronze. So they, they, these are just teams that I think these tough performances that we're talking about are just people that have a lot of potential. They're people we've watched the whole season that are, you know, we expect them to do well. And that sort of expectation just got uh, shut down a little bit. So I do think that there's big speed in this group, and and I'm excited to see how how things change. The only other disappointment was uh, watching the, the Australian four, the Farman. We chatted about it quite a lot in our team, and just watching him do the shotgun move at the the end yeah. of the race was a bit poor. Yeah, he did a celebration once he crossed the line. He did some. He like loaded an imaginary shotgun and pointed it at Italians and and shot them. Which is with bold statements considering they won by the smallest of margins. Point zero two or something. So they're definitely second. adding some. They're definitely <laughs> adding some spice into that into that mixture there. So but again, they have been winning consistently. Yeah, they have been so um, that's uh, maybe how he felt at the moment, and just yeah. uh, as the adrenaline surged. But I just thought that was that was a little bit poor. Yeah. You know, maybe he wasn't thinking at that time, but... But, you know, actually, see. now that we talk about... I think we should be retrospect and also say that, you know, maybe South Africans also had a tough tough performance at the yeah, World no, Champs. we did not... Uh, we didn't perform well. Our four that got a bronze medal in the CERN, they came fourth in the B final. 
Lawrence and I have both raced in uh, Olympics and A finals. We came fourth as well, and then our lighty goals came second in the B final after coming fourth in Lucerne and getting medal early in the season. So I think we've had a tough a tough season ourselves. Yeah, so I'm sure it'll be back to the drawing yeah, board. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully we'll see how that uh, turns yeah. out. Well, I can show you that we are definitely on on the path to redemption and reckoning. But next category we want to chat about are young guns coming through and crews to watch out for next season. We've already spoken about a bit about the GB team. And... Um, the next person to watch out for, uh, I think everyone knows who we're going to say, is Oli Ziedler. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't have the, the best uh, racing at World Champs, um, but that guy's got big skills, though. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, just to be able to, to put on performances like that after not even rowing that long, he's a monster of a person, and he's also a really quality uh, guy. I mean, yeah, he seems like quite a nice guy. He's down to earth. He, he, I mean, just really looking forward to to putting out big performances. Yeah. And and he was quite upset about his result, results there. And I think uh, we're still going to see a lot from him. Yeah, I think we said earlier the conditions of World Champs were tricky, so it doesn't suit someone that's um, that hasn't been in the sport for a long time. Because to be able to row in those conditions, mm. you need a lot of skills. And I think he's probably got a lot to learn about rowing in rough weather. I think a lot of crews out there have a lot to learn about rowing in rough weather, but he's a big one to, to look at. And on the same token, it's going to be exciting to see um, on the same token what happens to Tim Olnaski, um, the other German scholar, because I don't think that's that rivalry there is also, I don't think it's over. And also he can jump into bigger boats as well and try and reinforce maybe the German quad or something like that. I know, but I just think that, um, you know, Oli's, he's younger, he's stronger, and he he's beating him there and he's still going to improve so I think that's going to be really really tough and I wonder if Tim uh, will go into a different boat class just to, to try and uh, get his Olympic seat because I think it'll be really tough mm. to, to beat Oli maybe that's his plan and he's busy at home training flat out so we'll see the other uh, young guns coming through are some of the, the Romanian team I mean the men's uh, pair the men's four they are a very young team and they got a um, they got the silver medal in the pair and they got the bronze medal in the four. So they did they get the bronze? No, they got this fourth. I think they came fourth in the four. So they and they're both very young crews. So I think they're going to be uh, uh, big names to watch out coming forward to the next Olympics because I think they just got to go from strength to strength. And I feel like the Romanian system at the moment is also massive. I mean, their their eighters had put out some good performances throughout the season. Maybe not the world champs they would have wanted because they didn't do so well, but. I think, again, it's one of those teams that have got such a massive uh, depth of field in the heavyweight squad. And the Italian men's four? Yeah, I think that they maybe they're not young guns and maybe they, they're not uh, having you know big breakthroughs, but they're consistently coming in at World Champs and performing, and performing really well. well. So really, really exciting to see them up the game, go at the, those, uh, those Australians and to give them a good run. Yeah, and I think that the, I think at the first World Cup they were in the B final. And they came second in World Champs. I think that's phenomenal. I think the Italian, though, I feel like across the board, Italian teams have got such good pedigree when it comes to racing and just performing and competing against other crews at World Champs. I think that is goes in their stead, um, that they've got this kind of pedigree in their system. which is Yeah, really like, I mean, uh, we've chatted about it before. It's like we want to know what kind of training these guys are doing because their Instagram yeah, it doesn't look like they're doing much. to give away anything. There's like some living the dream, they're yeah. cruising along um, on holiday, on the beach. Um, 
at shows. I don't know. It just lo- looks like they they living do, there. They do live the c- dream. But celebrity I'm sure, lifestyle. I'm sure they've got some fucking. They probably do it as a fast just to put on this facade, and they're probably I, doing some big miles behind the the cameras. I have a, a, a definitely think that that's what's happening because yeah. they there's no way you can perform like that at the end of the day no. if you haven't done big Any work. Training. But they also, as you said, they they racing pedigrees on another level. Yeah, I mean, the way they can are. turn on, the way they can put the rate down, and and I mean, yes, every now and then we see them come unstuck, but most of the time they they definitely. But if you're lining also, up against an Italian crew, you yeah. you nervous. But they also have their men's the men's sweep team is in the probably in their in their peak periods of their careers. They all met bronze medalists from the Olympics, mm. and I think they had that whole. That, that whole, the four and the pair are going forward. I think Vincenzo is injured, but he's coming back. And I think they maybe had a bit of a break off the end season, but they're still in, probably in their prime of their career. So I think it's going to be a big a big force to reckon with coming forward. Yeah, and then the last uh, talking point before we move on to the coveted Roadshow Awards mm. um, is just, you know, uh, rowing around the world. And, you know, we uh, through the season, all the interviews we did, we asked the, the quick-fire questions. And one of the quick-fire questions was, at, uh, if you were in charge of world rowing, what would you change? And athletes are pretty passionate about, about that yeah, answer, giving us a lot of, uh, of of in-depth answers. And uh, one of the things is just making racing more exciting. So we just want to say that we, we're really excited for, for some of the other regattas that are happening around the world. They're starting to bring bull momentum, especially some of the smaller ones. And, I mean, we see some big names going to race them because these things are such, different, exciting, new, yeah. and just bringing a bit of spice to, to the rowing And I think world. the the um, the key part of why they are so attractive to rows around the world is because they differ from the established formula of 2K racing. Notably, what we're talking about here is, is, is events like Henley, Oxford Cambridge, the X-Row, Head of the Charles. These are massive events. And Henley is probably the best example because that's a week before Lucerne. And crews still go there and race, regardless of the fact they've got um, of the the second most important rowing event of the season in the f- next week. Yeah, and like it also highlights the fact that like you know uh, it's not fair on the Thames. It's wild. It's like it's not a pleasant environment for the athlete to go race. I and mean, we're talking about the unfair course at World Champs. Champs. You know, you go and have a look at Henley. It's times it's 10 it's, it's insane <laughs> and but yet athletes are rocking up there because they're getting exciting races they're getting good racing and yeah. from a spectator value it's huge and like the, 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 the event is so epic so I think we do need to see some spice coming yeah. into to the world ring events I don't know maybe we have had a lot of suggestions on sprint races yeah. on different formats on shorter races on I think we've all these events that we've mentioned are always are still long events I think it would be cool to see more uh, exposure for sprint formats, shorter distance formats. Yeah, like uh, talking about uh, different ones though, in the long races. Let's go back to to Xro. We just yeah. chatted to to James Thompson. He went across and raced in the the Swiss Italian uh, eight. So for those of you guys who don't know, the Xro is a twenty seven k race done in eights with sections of rowing and running yes with your eight so the the nine people in the boat they race across the those big lakes in in switzerland and then they get out run with the boat into the next section or the next uh, next dam mm. and and 
carry on and I mean it looked like one of the hardest things in the world yeah. <laughs> basically people dropping their boats at the end of the race yeah no, it's, it's yeah we spoke to James and it sounds like one of the hotter events you can do no yeah, I really want to do that thing though it yeah. looks flipping no. exciting and just Without so it intense does. it's I think that's more of a of an athlete's event that's more about the the competition mm. maybe spectator value not quite as good but just really different really exciting but it, it does have the red bull name attached to it which is a massive factor and it's great because red bull is obviously as a brand has got such this idea for doing things differently and for innovating and that's what we need in rowing and i mean we also got your in, in the south african format another event started by james thompson and his and his uh, gold Olympian partner from 2012, Matt Britton, Lawrence's older brother, is the, the John Wall Rock the Boat in South Africa, which is now one of the bigger events, and it's it's only been going for about four years now. Yeah, it's just picking up uh, steam every single year. I think it's a bit older than four years. Uh, I'm trying to think when they started, I think but it was, yeah. just a really, really cool format. The way it works is, I mean, we've been giving you guys the, the prognostic times through the season of the other regattas. So what they do is they run a heads race, and then they split all their crews um, on the actual time so if you row a similar time to a schoolboy under 16-8 and you're in a pair you're going yeah. up and you're yeah. going to race them in the final and then on that final race the, the times are compared to the rock the boat times basically world, ch- world championship times and then the winners on a percentage are the winners of the event so yeah. you can race the whole day against anyone and the top performer in their boat class is the winner of the yeah. day one winner it's quite exciting. And the, the big thing for this is that because people are grouped together based on times and not the, not the actual boat they row in, it leads to very close racing. I've been in events where five boats have been within a second of the heads race. And this is like going from master squads to doubles to pairs to fours to eights. So it's wild. And it's, it's really cool to be going halfway down the track and you look to the right. And you have under 16 eights chanting their way through the hardest part of the race yeah so and, you don't, cool. uh, and you don't and you don't it just shows you don't have to to travel to to overseas for for world-class yeah, racing that's that's really top racing yeah so now for the the big part of the um for our, our episode we're going to be handing out the 2018 rose show awards presented sure. by jake and lawrence baby yeah these are big guys these are really big yeah <laughs> yeah you know people have uh i've heard stories that people fight to the yeah, death i've also heard some serious stories we've ones. had to turn down some mega bribery to not give them away so yeah and we, i mean uh you know people have said that that coming into the last 100 meters of their their races <laughs> they're, they're thinking the about the show boy the show awards <laughs> <laughs> they want them so uh we'll go into them uh again if we've missed a crew or we missed an event that you feel super strongly about please, please let, let us, us know. know our uh email address is in the notes below our whatsapp you can whatsapp us uh on the on, from the notes there uh just let us know give us uh give us your ideas yeah, we're also sure. gonna we'll put some uh, instagram stuff up so keep a look out yeah. for that and then let us know yeah and then we're just going to quickly, we're going to obviously announce the event that we're awarding and then give a bit of a short list to say who made the list, who made the cut, and then get, decide, I think Lawrence and I are going to pick who we think is the best. And then maybe, I don't know if we can uh, ultimately come to a decision. If we don't, we'll probably leave that to you on Instagram. But first category, male crew of the year. Yo, another big one. So on our short list... German eight, without a doubt. I don't feel Sinkovich like we need brothers to. in the pair. Yeah, Australia means four. 
Yeah, and I think uh, German 8 definitely because of they've been such a dominant performance. Sinkovic pair, they've had uh, finally coming to the top of their game and performed really well the world champs. And Aussie 4, to a certain extent, similar to the German 8, just a really good performer throughout the two years. But let's... Um Let's just clear this up. This is for the whole season. Yeah, this is so, the whole season, not just World Champs. Yeah, not just a, a one race of it's the crew of the year that performed the best through the whole season. So, uh, what is your winner? I think uh, I'm going to sound like a fanboy here, but I'm still going to give my male crew of the uh, year to the German eight. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what uh, Max is giving yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is uh, going to be the Australian men's four. Okay. I mean, these guys have broken the traditional racing format yeah, um, and consistently led the field by miles at the 1k and no one really has any answers for them i mean yes Australia, uh, italy came back with a big sprint but in as we said these are tight races uh, big tailwinds and that was close but i don't think uh, i think these oaks have, have got real skills and i'm excited to see if they can uh, carry this on to the games. Yeah, and I think for me, just the German 8, I said it already, they've just been such a dominant force these last two years. Cool, so uh, we'll uh, we'll leave those two. Jake's choice, German men's 8, my choice, Australian men's 4. So moving on to the female crew of the year. Again, the whole season's performance uh, comes into play, and the short list is the USA women's 8, Lithuanian double, and the Canadian women's pair. And I think USA 8, for good reason, has been performing really well throughout the season, culminating in a top performance at World Champs. Lithuanian women's double, very much the same respect and getting back on winning ways. And then the Canadian women's pair, obviously also been finishing, uh, dueling with that Kiwi women's pair and coming off top at World Champs. So Lawrence, who's it going to be for you? Sure, this is actually quite a tight one, but I think I'm going to go Canadian women's pair because them and the Kiwis are leagues ahead mm, of other crews. And I mean, we saw them really put damage down, even on the percentage sheet. Uh, I mean, at Lucerne, they rode at the slow time of the day and had one of the fastest times. Uh, yes, they didn't win there, but they, they really were quality through that yeah. thing. And I mean, I don't think any other pairs... If any of the other boat classes went into the pair, I don't think they would beat these two no. crews. And then Canada up their game that yeah. one step more to get the gold at World Champs. So yeah, I'd also I'm also giving my uh, uh, my pick to the Canadians pair. I think Lawrence hit it on the nail there, especially considering the fact that they're miles ahead of the competition. So that's a, a done deal then between uh, between us. Going for one choice, good job. Then best standalone performance of the year. This can be, this is across all competitions yeah. and both genders, so we're cruising along. We so, wanted to give an award to the most dominating or the, just the best race that we've seen the whole year. It, could be, it doesn't have to be the person that came out as world champion, but we just wanted to give an award to the person that gave their absolute best when it counted. So the short list is... Robbie Manson's win in the men's single at Lucerne. Mm -hmm. If you don't remember, that was the one where he was up against Mahi. His spot for World Champs was on the line, and he managed to to put in a and massive wrecked people at the last five hundred. Last five hundred, third five hundred. Yeah, third five hundred. Next well. on the short list, German men's eights World Champs. After all the hype, after all the, the the smack talk from the other crews, 
they managed to to show why they're the champs and put their best performance out mm. there when it counts take home the gold yeah uh, then we have the women's single at world champs and need to perspire having a, a very close uh, racing throughout the season and coming coming away with a massive lead and win at world champs um the italian men's four with a really tight sprint and the at the end of world champs to just miss out on gold to the aussie men's four considering that they've had such a um an up and down season so far and then the last part would be the dutch four maybe fours yeah i'm gonna say all their, their fours <laughs> yeah all their fours and serbia coming one and two um in the in the men's four which was and really great four and the women's four actually so, so just the just dutch four the in dutch general four at, at serbia, serbia was wild was wild so jakey yeah. do you have a, a top one there easy pick easy pick Robbie Manson's win at Lucerne was by far the best standalone performance of the year. I agree 100% with you. There's, there's no other race that has been that impressive throughout the year. You know, uh, Robbie Manson, he, I think he struggles to put it on sometimes. Like uh, big regattas, Olympics, last year's World Champs, this year's World Champs. He hasn't quite executed the race that he does. But when he rocks up at the regatta it's, and he's there for business... No one can touch that guy. I mean, yeah. holding the world record in the single uh, from last year, insane. And this year's race, I mean, that was big. You got uh, you got all the big dogs there. You got the German battle going on, the New Zealand battle going mm. on. You got um, Cynic Andre Cynic uh, there cranking it out in the lead, and then Manson just decided, actually, I'm going to win this race and put in from 700 meters away. Yeah, and like when he's rowing like that as well, his rowing style is so good mm. and so impressive. So really, really cool to watch. And I think he's that that performance just goes to show that you cannot write this guy off. If he if he's on the top of it, I think if Robbie Manson rows like that and he's at the top of his game at World Champs, he will win. Yeah, it's no, no doubt. I'm and I'm surprised that he hasn't put no, that maybe, performance out there. I don't know what's there. going on there, but he's really, really good. Because I mean, that was just unbelievable. So. Yeah, yeah, really, really impressive over there. And then the the next category, the next award we're giving to is the biggest upset of the year, the purse or just the event or result that upsetted the status quo. Um, and the short list is Janine Gemellen at World Champs getting silver medal to Sunita Pispier, the New Zealand women's pair losing to the Canadian men's pair, and then. Um, we just spoke about Robbie Manson's dominant performance at Lucerne, but he's also going on the list as the biggest upset of the year for coming fourth at World Champs. Yeah. Um, sure. I think biggest upset of the year, I don't think it's Manson because, you know, he hasn't won a World Championship yeah. yet. So I don't think he can go. Uh, he's quite up there as the biggest upset. New Zealand women's pair, you know, we knew it was going to be close the whole season. Yes. So I don't know if I was like, there's no way the, the the New Zealand women are not going to win that race. So I, when I when I saw the Canadians win, it wasn't like a massive, a massive surprise. Run. So I think my my pick is going to be Janine Gamelin. I mean, she dominated the field since Rio Games. She's undefeated since, since the Rio. beginning of the new Olympiad. Yeah. So basically since Rio. So undefeated and then uh, getting getting. But not just that she came silver. She did get beat. She got pumped by Sunita Pespiro yeah. champs. No, exactly. It was it was a big upset, and I think uh, 
we'll see her come back. There's no way that she's uh, that's her done and dusted. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see some big uh, big performances in yeah. the women's single now that that uh, competition is yeah. really hotting up. We also saw it coming in uh, a bit in Lucerne. Lucerne it was, was really tight. But also, not just between her and Stephen Yeah, Spear, there between was a lot Carlos of... Zeman yeah. and the USA Scala. Yeah, it was it was crazy tight. So I think uh, there's definitely some, some crazy stuff. Then our breakthrough crew or athlete of the year... These yeah. are crews that are, are just had cracker performances this year that maybe didn't win or maybe didn't do didn't get the top spot, but that uh, really put their names down on the on the, yeah. the shortlist. Basically, people that we weren't speaking about at the beginning of the season that we be speaking about now. Yeah, and the shortlist for that is Oli Ziedler, the German scholar from Germany, and uh, <laughs> um, Romania men's pair. The Canadian women's double. Yeah. I mean, the Canadian women's pair as well. Sorry. Yeah. And then we also, um, I mean, I know we haven't been talking about under-23s because we don't really know what's going on in under-23s. But we put our under-23 men's pair who won gold at under-23s this year. Um, this is the first time uh, they've been on the podium and it was also a massive performance from them. Yeah. So, I mean, as we say, we're talking about breakthrough athletes and crews of the year and our short list... Um, Really, they, they, these are these are big names already this season. I think the the South African men's pair we're putting it in there because they they're the crew of the year for us for yeah. South Africa. I mean, like uh, we didn't, as we said, we didn't have the best regatta um, at World Champs, but we we really these guys up their game. It's my youngest brother Charles and uh, mm, James, James Mitchell. Mitchell. Uh, James Mitchell uh, lives with Jakey, so mm-hmm. obviously our wise wisdom is rubbing yeah, off on rubbing those two. Off. <laughs> But a really cool race from them, and they really they held the South African flag high and uh, managed to to crush that regatta. Yeah, really, they really, really did. awesome. But do they get the breakthrough uh, crew of the year? Sure. Um, look, they for me they they are the South African team of the year. So that maybe is a is a prize all on its own. But I think the the breakthrough crew crew of the year would be Oli Zidler. Yeah. I think for me, and this guy came from. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely no way. Did he get out the woodwork? What? Where did he come? He came from? out like the swimming pool. Like his a swimming pool. Dad was was growing. His dad is his coach, and on yes. the Gator one, people were speaking about like, oh, this giant German guy that pulls like a massive ergo. five uh, forty and comes out the start at steady state. He basically yeah. rode out the blocks like he would on a Sunday row. Built it up to race pace over the next 100 meters and then proceeded to really punish people yeah. for a long time. So, <laughs> and then his race plan just improved and improved the whole season. So, I mean, that, that really, really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just cool to watch, see someone, you know, shake up the rowing world. I'd be so, I would be um, looking over my shoulder in the men's single because the circuit's just going to improve and improve and improve. So, I think that's a unanimous, dis- well, a unanimous decision on the Breakthrough Crew Athlete of the Year. And I think Oli, everyone saw that coming. Yeah, Oli Ziedler from Germany taking yeah. Breakthrough Crew of the Year. Then our next one is um, Rowing Personality of the Year. And this is what is going to go to the crew or athlete that has just got, you know, the biggest presence in social media, the biggest presence in the rowing community, just really putting our sport out there, being a center of discussion, initiating a lot of, a lot of talking around rowing and um, uh, just all, all a really big name in the sport. So that's this award, this sh- uh, shortlist is going to 
Um, Oli Ziedler, um, again, we've already chatted about him, so you know why he's on the list. Robbie Manson, I think he's really active um, on social media, talking about a lot of important issues in rowing. Yeah, like tackling some, some big some issues really as well. Some really big issues, and, which is good to see. Initiating, um, initiating some yeah. good conversation on uh, on. Yeah, I think sport. he's in the forefront of talking about uh, mental awareness issues, which I think is really important. Also talking about um, homophobia in the sport, which I think are two very... Uh, tough issues traditionally in sport that don't cover a lot of um, get a lot of attention and I think to have someone like Robbie really um, uh, championing these causes and, and putting it out there is a really good role model for other people um, other rows out there um, then we have the Sinkovich brothers we've really chatted to them they've got a massive presence on social media again really good sportsmen a lot of respect I think they I uh, think they really, again, are really good role models. They always have something good to say. They always see pictures of them congratulating other people. And then, of course, when we want the personality side of those, the, the sports personality, we've got the Donovan brothers. Yeah, I mean, they're doing so much for just the, the hype of our sport. I mean, they, they're so funny. They And they're always there in the boat park making jokes. I mean, always, and their the Instagrams and their the socials are really mm. just buzzing all the time with just funny stuff and, and really, really cool team i think they they've definitely added a whole lot of uh, spice to to rowing yeah i know without a doubt but there can only be one or in this case two but let's see rob uh who do you choose lawrence no who do you choose jake who do i choose um yes it's actually quite time down now looking at these names <laughs> yeah i thought i had it uh, there but earlier now but now that we've chatted about a bit it. about it shit um of the year though so who's been the personality of this year because any other year I think I might have would have said Donovan Bryce. yeah I would also definitely say Donovan especially I mean obviously 2016 their breakthrough year they, they were the hype I mean basically they were the, the personality of the, the whole Olympic regatta mm. but yo, now that it's there's there's a bit more going on I would say yo, maybe Manson I mean there was a lot of a lot going on uh, around him this year yeah, Manson is, I mean, I've really spoken in depth. I think he also gets brownie points for for just uh, really tackling important issues in the sport. I think uh, Oli Ziedler has just developed so much discussion around his performances. Maybe not an agent of his own um, of his own cause, but he's definitely generated a lot of discussion. So, shit, I think I would give my award to Oli Ziedler as rowing personality of the year. Yeah, and I think I'm not going to agree with you, Jake. I think I'm going to go back to the Donovan Brothers. What? You're going to pick them? I'm still going to pick them, dude. They, they're right up there. They're bringing a lot of cool stuff to our sport. Oh, a lot shit. of discussion. Actually, I don't know now. You've made no, leave it. You, you, your, your choice is done, Jake. Okay. Your choice is done. Ali okay. You choose Ali. I'll choose the Donovans. We'll have to we'll put them in a cage no, and see who wins. No, no, no. We'll have to, on Instagram, we'll have to put all four of them down and see what people say. Yeah, we'll see who... Uh, who wins the the personality of the year? Okay, but there there those are some some big names that we got in rowing, and I think yeah, it's this is what rowing needs though. We need people, we need some superstars. Yeah, we, we need, need some, some people out there that really can soak up the the, the limelight. Yeah. Now the last award, maybe maybe the most important one. Lawrence and I decided to vote for the best row show interview of the season. The the interview. Um, that we thought was basically the most insightful, the most engaging, the most entertaining, basically one of the coolest, the coolest one that we we spoke to. Yo, and I still don't have, have a pick for this. You one. have done a pick. I've, I've the... got a pick. I've got a pick. But we got a, we've got a shortlist here. So the oh, but before you go onto our shortlist, I think uh, 
we, we also really want to hear feedback from you guys for this because what you guys are hearing oh, yes. at the product ours will be also like how well we thought the interview went how much fun we had recording the interview was uh, we want to hear what you guys have to say but our shortlist is Paul Jackson you want to say anything about old uh, uh, Paul? Old Jacko um, one of the most uh one of the most successful South African rowing coaches out there. He's been involved in our sport for a really long time, really been driving a lot of the success that we've seen um, in recent years. And I think he's also probably one of the most charismatic people out there. Yeah, and I mean, he's just, uh, he coached the, the London four to gold in, in 2012. So just, he's got a lot of skill, especially with the four. He loves the four. Yeah. But also just for us, we, we, we sat in his office and we chatted to him for like over two hours just about rowing rowing stories that guy has no, knowledge on knowledge about rowing and it's he's such a cool guy to talk to and as soon as you get him going on rowing yeah you're done yeah. so really really cool next next, one. next person is drew ginn australian sweep rower gold medalist galore and i think he was when we talk about insightful interview i learned probably the most i've learned from a person in telling to them rowing i think he he has he has a different approach to rowing, especially in the time that he was rowing. Um, he's definitely a master of technique, and he definitely had a, a different way of thinking about things that I think gave him the ability to win so many medals. And I really enjoyed speaking to Drew. Um, also, he was a really nice guy to chat to, and uh, yeah, I learned a lot chatting to him and some really good banter. Yeah, that really that really was a quality episode. I mean, we we really went into depth onto rowing technique and. All sorts. I mean, I think that was our first two-parter mm. because it was just there it's was so much one. knowledge going on in there. Uh, next on the shortlist, though, Olaf Tufta, yeah, the legend of the skull. That guy's absolute animal. He's been to more Olympics, seven-time Olympic uh, Olympian, and just uh, really, really cool to to chat to him. Yeah, yeah, and I think he also, I think he had a good appreciation of how hard how hard that guy works and the kind of mindset that that guy has towards training. I remember chatting to this guy and being like, this looks a fucking beast. <laughs> <laughs> also, what was quite cool about him is we, we managed to find him in South Africa yeah. so we could uh, have a face-to-face face chat face to face was always better. It's always easier to engage. Last person on the list we have is Pete Reed, um, a recently retired British athlete that has been involved in their program for uh, many years. And I think he also, he, again, a very insightful person to talk to. I think he naturally is a really big um, a role model in the sport he has really insightful things to say about uh, a lot of rowing discussion and I think again a very successful athlete winning numerous gold medals and I think it was epic t- chatting to his career going up against the Kiwi pair winning his first Olympic gold in um, Beijing and obviously getting involved in the aid for Rio in his own words probably the most dominating performance he's had yeah, and I think uh, also just looking at our shortlist, it's all old guys that are that have done exceptionally well rowing. Mm. You know, they, these guys are, are wizards when it comes to to rowing, and I think we just learn, man, we learned so much from chatting to them. So I think that's why our this is on our short. These guys are on our shortlist because the the interview was just so powerful, so much knowledge going in. Yeah. So Jakey, who's my choice? Who's your choice? I think. Well, I know that my, my, my favorite interview, I think, was Drew. I think chatting to Drew Ginn was a really cool experience for me. I think I learned a lot just chatting to him about the men's pay. And I specifically liked um, talking about the 2008 Beijing Olympics, hearing how he approached that, dealing with his back injury, and just the way he chatted about the hypothetical situation of wet r- racing Kiwi pay and also Ray Grave and Pinson in their prime. I've had a lot of respect for the way he chatted about that. 
And that for me, um, and with a finishing quote probably, is will it make the boat go faster? I think all in all, that was a really, I really enjoyed that interview. Yeah, I did so close for me to choose. So I, I'm not sure, but I think I'm going to go Olaf. I yeah. really have so much respect for that guy and he had such cool stuff to tell us. And also you just cut through all the bullshit. There was no uh, no, no funny frills and, and things about him. He just, did you do more work than me? If yes, you might beat me. If no, you're not touching me. Yeah, no. And uh, his philosophy on that was, was really, really cool. So he he goes as my pick number one, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, well, I mean, that concludes the, the awards, but obviously there were a couple here that uh, Lawrence and I didn't agree on. Um, let's go back there. There were the male crew of the year and um, the rowing personality of the year and the best Rocha interview. So we're going to leave that. We're going to put out some Instagram stories and let you, the people, decide. The ultimate decision. Tiebreaker. That's for sure. Um, cool, guys. That was really, really awesome. That concludes our 2018 Rosho Awards. Yeah. Um, now, just to finish off, we've got, uh, we're just going to chat a little bit about us, uh, tell you a bit about our season and our plans for the future, yeah. a bit about the show and... Yeah, so, Jakey, yeah, what happened? We, uh, well, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, what, uh, what I want to ask is um, maybe just start uh, what happened at the beginning of the season, uh, just with uh, why did we come back so late and then go into it. Yeah, I think uh, Lawrence and I uh, had a tough 2017 season. I think we both had issues that we were dealing with and we... Um, we we both were struggling with a lot of a lot of things around training and racing. I think we both needed to take time away just to sort out those issues and other issues around our rowing careers and just kind of focus back in on the sport um, and then also reassess physically uh, what we needed to do to stay on top of our game. And I think we started the season late because of that. We took a while to kind of work out what we were to uh, come right with. Um, but again, we actually we started we started uh, um, training again. I think we were both quite surprised, and the coaches surprised with how our um, comeback was coming. Yeah, and I just think like you know, rowing is like it's such a physical sport. It's so it's it's physically draining all the time, and on top of that, mentally you have to prepare like all the time to put out your best performance to race at your peak, mm. no matter if it's just a normal training session in the middle of the week or if it's a big uh, thing at the end of the at the end of the year so if you're not mentally in the right place mm. or physically in the right place to put out that performance the whole training the whole racing thing yeah. becomes very tricky and I think maybe a, a bit of that for me and Jake like we just you know putting out our best performance is not as easy as it should have been so yeah. we took that time off and you know sometimes taking that time off especially in our case worked so well for us we really managed to when we came back, start nice and slow, build it up mm. and have that progression. I mean, a lot of our interviews, we speak about uh, progression and how the progression feeds your your, mm. your drive, feeds your motivation. You know, if you're not getting quicker, it's not very pleasant to, to keep going out there and hurting yourself. Whereas if you're seeing those numbers getting quicker, you're seeing the speed coming at you, that drives on the next day. You know, it's easy to wake up the next day and say, cool, I'm going to go and put out a massive performance because my body's ready. Yeah. I think also Lawrence and I had uh, uh, we were I mean we didn't we didn't uh, stop for the same reasons but in many sense we were in the same boat and we and, uh, um, 
pun intended, we got back into uh, the double initially and started running the double and then our coach threw us in the pair and straight off the bat, I think we were really, really fast in the pair, uh, boxing with um, all the pairs in South Africa with the four, with the under 23 pair. And I think um, that was, uh, I think, quite a, well, I didn't think it was too much of a surprise. I knew that we would be there in the pair, <laughs> but I think it was it was good for us because we, we joined it late and then we started really going quick in the pair. And I think... Um, I mean, we in my in my head, I'm sure Lawrence feels the same. It was more about getting back in really good shape and not worrying too much about going to world champs. More getting uh, the small things right the, at the beginning, and then we a couple of things fell into place, and we had some really good speed, and we did get selected for champs, which was epic for both of us. Um, and I think also um, getting in the pair, uh, racing overseas together from the same. Um, kind of like uh, a season was I think a, a really interesting maybe a bit disappointing for both of us coming uh, where we did but I think uh, there's only so much you can maybe expect of six months of training and I think it's also Lawrence and I had a good chance to see what the standard is like um, and I still had really really good racing um, yeah I mean I 100% agree with you I think uh, we we came in hot nice mm-hmm. and late on fire <laughs> yeah. and uh, yes 10th place sucks and I don't want to be there again no. but Considering that we'd only had those those few few months of training and we hadn't really put it out there as much as we can, and as Jake said, it was about getting back, getting the body back online, getting back into training. Yeah, it was cool to be at World Champs. It was great to be racing again, and I mean, you can see we we knew that we needed those extra months of yeah, training to because to, we got we got uh, the shaft when we went into the quarterfinals. I mean, we were quick in the heats, but no, our heat the, in our semi and our quarterfinal was pretty good. It was our, our semi that really yeah, the semi was the important with. one, and we I think we just had to not have the fitness, especially in the third five hundred. It just goes to show with those six months of training coming, and uh, the other crews were faster than us on the day, but. All in all, I think a really cool season, but... And also, I think, well, just to, to interrupt you, we also fed off each other quite well because yeah. we had both coming in late. You know, it wasn't like one person holding the standard high yeah. and carrying the other person. We both pushing each other all the time, looking for, for ways to, to improve and, and both chasing that, uh, um, well, that team selection for, for World Champs. Yeah. So, and very, very cool. We also, on the same notebook, uh, we also got an opportunity to apply a lot of uh, new things to, to training that came worked really well. And, I mean, we've really started the season and both Lawrence and I are doing pretty well. So, we're both excited to see what's coming forward. Uh, I think we we just, at the moment, uh, you know, training by ourselves, going at each other with knives. But I think uh, we we both really excited to see how this uh, the rest of the season um progresses yeah and i mean uh, next season olympic qualification so not just for us but for the, for the whole the world, world it's it's pretty intense i mean if you guys are listening and you don't really understand how it all works uh what happens is there's around 13 uh, entries for each event at the olympics obviously some events have more or less and but for most of the events 13 entries so at world champs next year that's Olympic qualification, and then there's 11 spots yeah, open. The top 11. Uh, and it has changed a bit, so like for the men's four, now it's eight. Uh, for the uh, for the eights, it's I think even less. Six maybe. Um, but so each each crew, ha- each event has a number uh, of spots that are available, and you have to, your country has to finish in that, in those positions to qualify for the games. So actually, next year's World Champs, much more about qualifying for the Olympics than winning really mm. i mean it's 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 bigger to qualify for yeah. the games than to to win that world champs 
and the, those B finals are often some yeah, of the, the biggest races the big of the year. Points. I think when we chatted to James Thompson uh, in uh, in I think right at the beginning of the year, he mentioned that the the road, world rowing should do more about generating. Um, a lot of hype for those B finals at World Champs because those are in many respects the, the mo- more exciting races because in the A final everyone's got the Olympic spots whereas in the B final it's probably the only race you will ever see in the world where everyone's not racing to win but they're racing not to come last because the last person in the B final doesn't go to the Olympics so those B finals at World Champs are nuts and they're brutal and it's absolutely crazy but talking about what World Rowing can do yeah, I want to see the B finals having more hype, but I want to just see more. Like watching world rowing events on uh, on their their website. Like yes, the f- footage is great. We get to watch the race. Commentary is pretty good. I'm I'm enjoying the commentary. I think that they've they've upped their game there. But there's nothing. There's no interaction. And like mm. I want to see the medalists coming off. I want to have uh, discussion. You know, all we're doing is like we're watching, a, you know, a six to eight minute race, and then we're watching. 10 minutes of medal ceremony. Mm. I want to have an interview with the athletes. I want to hear how their race went. I want to hear from the guys that just got uh, beaten. And, and like, I want that emotion coming mm. through a bit more. Like, I think that, uh, that the, 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 the regattas can be so much more exciting. You know, you're not hearing, you're not hearing enough from the athletes. athletes no, without you know, a doubt. We need someone in the boat park that's going to see people, you know, like put it in their face you know like I don't care if it's before a race or whatever and they're getting ready I want to know what the, the crew is thinking so they need to change things up there to, to bring in new elements yeah. into the sport and engage you know bring the athletes to the spectators that gap needs to be yeah. needs to be closer and even if it's at the event and like I mean we watched the world champs on the stands there's nothing you can't mm. even hear the commentary and like I want to hear those interviews I want to know what how the race went for those people I mean you all you're seeing is basically the last 500 meters of the race yeah yes you're watching the earlier race through the the to the 1500 on the big screen but give us a bit more yeah i, no, I, I think you hit it, the nail on the head there i think it's just there's just it just goes to show there's a lot of room for innovation in the sports and um even just not just the athletes it would be great to listen to, to chat to coaches i mean coaches are so such an important aspect in rowing i think that gets underdeveloped and you really have you have big names and coaches uh, that people know about we've touched about jürgen krobler there people like Dick Tonks that are now um, working with Canadian rowing. We have a lot of and it would be great to chat to them, a different perspective, and maybe even go chat to the spectator. Even on World Rowing website, like their Athlete of the Month and stuff, those are epic. Mm. I really, really enjoy those questions, you know, being able to go and learn a bit about it. This podcast is why we started the podcast, is to to chat to people, to learn habits and routines and insights into people's training. And, and, you know, these athletes are amazing. Mm. And I want to hear more. I yeah. know what the Cox was saying to the German eight mm. when they were starting to leave the the field at the at the halfway mark. You know, that I think would be would be very very cool. Yeah. So I think that that was uh, that was a big uh, interview there. We chatted a lot, lot of epic stuff and uh, the awards. We got to see what you guys have to say about the awards when we put them out later. Um, but otherwise, I think that concludes most of the things we've chatted. Oh, about. I think the only thing we didn't uh, cover. So we just chatted about how they were. 11 of the 13 spots oh for, shit what the uh, last two spots for Olympic qualification and then the last two spots then there's like a few in each event there or there's a few spots still open after world champs some of them get taken up uh, through continental Olympic qualification that's like Africa champs or 
you know, uh, I think it's Asia Pacific uh, Championships. There's a whole lot of, of different yeah. ones. And then there's... Uh, the, the late qualification regatta. Late qualification regatta, <laughs> which we've spoken about before. It's insane. Yeah. There's the basically the last spots for the game. So now everything Top else two. is done. There's a few boat classes. There's t- a few amount of spots, basically two spots for, for some of the events. And the racing is disgusting, yeah, especially because what happens is if like a country that should have qualified a four, yeah. they've cocked that up. So they've taken the top two oaks out the four to put them in the pair. And now you have like two really good athletes. So often the crews that are qualifying at late are qualification really are really quick later on. I mean, point is Jakey right here late qualification in 2016 fourth at the game so that is is often the case and it's a tough regatta because you know uh jacko told us that you want to get out in front because at the 1k people sell their mothers to get the limited qualification spot so it's a tough regatta we've actually both been to late qualifications lawrence went to 2012 unfortunately he didn't get the spot so it's a fucking doggy dog i was hoping you weren't gonna bring that up (laughs) i was gonna bring it up (laughs) i try to forget about that (laughs) but But it's uh, a tough regatta yeah, so a lot of cool stuff coming up this season. Lots of cool things. We're going to have chats to lots of the big athletes, some big names, some exciting stuff, some cool regattas, mm. and Olympic qualifications. So keep your ears open. We will be giving you guys some good stuff in the next few seasons. We also have some uh, different ideas of other uh, unique episodes. We're going to try test them out with you guys. Yeah, so, see what you guys think. But otherwise, uh, follow us on social media, Instagram, let us know what you think. Comment. Send us emails. Tell us what we think we're doing wrong or right. What ifs. <laughs> but anyway, Jake's out. Be good. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> stay stay frosty. It's, Cheers. Yeah, stay safe, guys. Cool. Cheers. We Cheers. out. Adios. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Did it not stop recording? <laughs> I don't even know. How did it not stop? Okay, we just need to find what we were talking about. Uh...